Welcome to this edition of Buy, Hold, Sell, brought to you by Livewire Markets. In this weekly show, you'll catch two fund managers who'll share their views on a selection of listed companies both here and overseas. Hit the subscribe button on your podcast player to be notified of new episodes each week. And don't forget that all the views expressed are general in nature and you should seek your own advice before making any decisions of your own. That's all from me. Sit back, relax and enjoy the latest edition of Buy, Hold, Sell. Hello and welcome to Livewire's Buy, Hold, Sell. I'm Ali Selvi and in this episode today, we'll be taking a look at the dogs and darlings of the ASX from 2023. Plus, we'll also be asking our guest to name one darling and one dud for the year ahead. To do that, we're joined by David Wilson from First Centia and Hugh Dive from Atlas Funds Management. Let's get straight into it. David, if you had to describe 2023 in one word, what would it be? My word's pretty boring, it's flat. The market is gonna finish the year pretty much where it started, despite the fact that during the year, it visited 7,500 twice, and it went down below 6,900 twice. But that's despite all interest rate volatility, commodity price volatility, it ended up pretty flat for the year. Incredible, over to you, Hugh, what's your word? Well, I think sitting here in December last year, I'd be pretty happy it was flat. Um, <laughs> I think my, my view is resilient. Sitting here last year, we'd seen 3% rises in interest rates with more to come in 2023. We had the looming fixed interest rate cliff, retail sales were supposed to crater, house prices were supposed to be down 16%. I think Westpac were forecasting a 4% interest rate by the end of the year and 16% fall in house prices. No, that's really happened. I mean, it's, it's what up a couple of percent including dividends 6.5%. It's been surprisingly resilient and strong. Um, I, I think I would have accepted flat and boring sitting here this time last year. I've pretty, been pretty happy with the year. Yeah, despite the market ending the year flat, it's been quite a lot of runners in the market. <laughs> yeah. What do you wish you backed at the beginning of 2023? And what's one stock in the portfolio that you feel like, oh, I really wish I didn't back that stock? Well, unfortunately, I write a, a Dogs of the ASX for you guys every year, start of uh, January, and looking through the, 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 the market's trash and treasure. I looked at them and I looked at uh, James Hardy and Borrell and I thought that they were going to struggle throughout 2023. US housing coming off, Australian housing coming off, I was totally wrong. Uh, I think the stocks are up, Baker and David, about 80% for the year, absolute stellar performers. Uh, so totally got that wrong, far too conservative. On the size of what I did, what I and wish, wish I did, <laughs> wish I didn't have, we did own Lend-Lease in the portfolio. We thought that 2023 would be a bit of a turnaround. That turnaround's been sort of pushed out um, to 2024, and it's been sort of a relatively weak um, couple of years for Lend-Lease, and I think we have, that's something I regret that was in the portfolio. But thankfully, to FY24 looks a, bit, uh, a little bit brighter for that, that dog. Okay, over to you, David. What stocks really gave you FOMO in 2023, and what do you wish, oh, I really wish I didn't back that stock? No, my big, big regret for the year, Ali, was car sales. Um, that's a stock that went up 40%. For me, it always looked a bit too expensive for what it is, but it really has probably one of the best management teams in the country. They did a fantastic job in the acquisition in the US, um, the Trader Interactive business. The uh, Brazilian business and the Korean business continue to sort of travel well, and their Australian business never misses a beat. So this is a stock that, that you know, I'm really sorry that, that we missed out on because it sort of fits our style, and, um, and, the, and you've got really a very strong management team there. 
And what about something that you did back that you regret backing? My regret, I would have to say, would be Endeavour. And it's nothing to do with the sort of, the, you know, the huff and puff on the share register at the moment. It's really the fact that, you know, we thought it would be a bit more defensive through the year. But earnings have, have, not, have not fallen apart, but they've always disappointed a little bit through the year, whether it's sort of a higher interest bill, a higher capex bill, a higher debt number, um, Dan Murphy's sales not doing quite as well as we would have hoped. And so, yeah, that's, that's probably our, our regret for the year. Okay, David, what do you feel like investors got wrong in 2023 and what could they get wrong in 2024? It's a little bit related to what Hugh said. The fact that you had through 2022, you had 300 basis points of um, rate rises by the RBA. Then you've had through 2023, another 125 points. And really house prices are up 10%. No one expected that. No, like. That, that, that's just an amazing thing. Now, in retrospect, you, know, you can point to immigration and you can talk to the resilience in the economy, but the fact is that house prices rose by 10% through a period when most people were expecting a decline. Mm. And then in terms of what, where the market will get things wrong next year, I mean, a good place to start, because invariably the market does get it wrong, is the currency. Um, it's now 66 cents. Um, you're probably going to have the Fed cutting rates before the RBA. You've got a very elevated iron ore price. You've got sort of strong immigration. And the RBA could well be um, disappointed by the, the amount of productivity growth that Australia is getting at the moment. So there's a good chance in either direction that the market's going to get the currency wrong. Okay. Well, I think I totally agree with anyone who's, who um, picks the short-term currency is either a fool or an idiot. Okay. Anyway, because it's so, so extremely hard. We had people calling currency straight off 50 cents about a couple of months ago and now look at where it is now. Okay, what's your, your thing that you think investors got wrong in 2023 and what could they get wrong over the year ahead? I think the key thing that investors got wrong in, in 2022 is the consumer discretionary sector. This was expected to be an absolute horror show. David talked about the immense rises in interest rates. Retail sales were expected to be absolutely in the toilet. I think so far in, in 23, the consumer discretionary sector is up 16%, though there's a fair bit of variation. So some stocks say Collins Foods up 60-odd percent, uh, JB Hi-Fi up 20%. Um, however, other things, for example, sort of Tab Corp um, are, are down. So obviously people like and uh, like uh, KFC Chicken and electrical goods, less so sort of gambling. Um, so that's why I think what people have got wrong, being a bit too... Um, a, bit too a bit too negative there. And I think what looking forward ahead, the market's quite negative on healthcare and these magnificent weight loss drugs that are going to transform our economy, impacting every part of the health sector. And whilst there may be something there for ResMed, for a range of the healthcare stocks, for example, CSL or Sonic Healthcare, the market, the whole sector's been re-rated in this weight loss drug, slimming drugs is going to change everything. But it's not really, if you sit back, it's not really going to change the demand for, say, pathology. Um, look at um, Sonic Healthcare's test for cancer or fertility. Doesn't matter if you're thin for that. Similarly, CSLs are biotherapies, where immunotherapies, we need them to live. That weight doesn't, man doesn't really manifest as that. So I think sort of the pessimism towards healthcare has been one of the worst performing sectors in, in 23. Could see a bit of a reversal in 24. We started off the episode with one word to describe 2023. Yours was resilience. What's one word for 2024? Optimistic. I mean, David's talked about the impact of immigration. We've seen like close, we're tracking close to 600,000 newer immigrants coming to Australia. And that provides a lift to retail sales, housing prices, all parts of the economy. Also thinking back about, whilst we have a lot of geopolitical tensions, for a lot of Australian companies, a war in the Middle East or increasing conflict in sort of Europe doesn't impact the sales of CSL's biotherapy, Transurban's trips on, on, the, on their toll road, 
or uh, Amcor's uh, packaged goods. Um, so yeah, cautiously optimistic. Okay, over to you, David. What's your one word to describe your outlook for 2024? My word, Ali, would be actually a reawakening. I think what you're going to see is that with rates starting to move lower, then you're actually going to see a little bit more M&A activity. Um, you're probably going to see a sort of slightly stronger underlying economy. In the last quarter, we've actually started to see a sort of pickup in, in M&A activity and, and capital raisings. And you may even see the IPO market actually sort of start to develop as well. So I, I'd expect expecting after a couple of quite years, um, I think we can look forward to sort of, you know, a little bit more activity in that side of things, you know, through 2024. Okay. I want you to tell us what stock you're betting the house on. So if you had to, you had to put all your assets in one basket or all your eggs in one basket, what stock would you bet the house on in 2024? Well, Ali, I think Hugh's already touched on it. It would actually be ResMed. I think the market has actually overreacted to the risk of the GLP-1 drugs. It's actually a really interesting dynamic in the market. You've actually had seen heavy selling by US investors and you've actually seen Australian investors actually increase their percentage holding in ResMed by about 10% over the past two or three months. As you've had this sort of selling because of sort of the apparent fears in America in particular about the impact of GLP-1 drugs on, on ResMed's products. Um, we think that's been way overdone. ResMed's going to get double digit earnings growth. The PE's in the low 20s. So yes, I would put the house on it. Okay, and on the other side of that, what stock would you be avoiding like the plague in 2024? It's, that's a pretty harsh term there, um, Ali. But I think what I would do is I'd keep away from regional banks. Um, I think what we're seeing is margins under pressure and you're seeing their cost structures under pressure as well and their IT spends having to rise. So I think it's actually becoming quite competitive for them as well, particularly Macquarie having disrupted the market. Um, CBA probably likely to come back into the market as more as, as having lost market share over the last little while. So given the market dynamics, I think it's actually going to be quite tough for the regional banks. And the other point I'd also raise is around, um, I'll be wary, even though I just said that you know, you're going to have a reawakening of the market, you have to be a little bit wary of some of the M&A deals that may come out. Um, I'd have to say that whilst in the last quarter they have reappeared, the market has actually reacted quite disappointingly to them. So if you look at the Evolution deal, the APA deal, the Aurora deal and the Treasury deal, in all four circumstances the market has not liked those deals. And so I'd be wary of when companies are undertaking M&A. Okay, I'm going to push you for a regional bank, just to name one that you wouldn't be touching in 2024? I would say then Bank of Queensland. Okay, over to you, Hugh. What is your stock that you'd be putting all your eggs in one basket if you had to, the stock that you'd bet the house on in 2024? I'm much more sort of conservative than David. Our mandates are a bit different, but I put it on Transurban. I may be a little bit coloured because I've got a daughter that's uh, taking up rowing, so I'm doing a lot of site visits on their uh, West Connects and M4 multiple times on a weekend, so using their roads clogged up. But ultimately, we have long-life monopoly assets. No one's going to build a road next to them. You've got uh, revenues increasing with inflation, long-term fixed-price debt. They've already they confirmed their dividend for next year. It was confirmed this morning, so 5% yield. Very stable, very, very uh, company that's going absolutely nowhere. There's no problem about weight loss drugs for, for, for toll roads. Uh, but yes, they have a very solid company and ultimately have a very good 2024. Okay. I, like, I like the irony of it, putting my house on a toll road. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> okay, on, on the other side of that, what's yeah. one stock that you would be avoiding in 2024? What do you think could be a dud in 2024? Well, whilst um, consumer discretion is did, did very well in 23, 
Um, it, it's not all, there's a bit of mix through there. So we would be avoiding Harvey Norman. It checks a lot of range of boxes. High levels of debt, opaque accounting, questions some questionable management decisions. Uh, for example, they're conducting a buyback where they're borrowing money, which seems a very heroic option in a rising interest rate environment. And they're clearly losing market share to JB Hi-Fi. Their quarterly sales numbers, they were down 14% versus JB Hi-Fi effectively flat in that environment. And they're much, much more inefficient uh, retail in terms of cost of doing business. I think we've been avoiding that. Okay, well, I hope you enjoyed that episode of Buy, Hold, Sell as much as I did. If you did, why not give it a like? Remember to subscribe to our YouTube channel. We're adding so much great content just like this every single week. Thanks for listening to Buy, Hold, Sell, brought to you by Livewire Markets, Australia's number one source of expert investment analysis and insights. Register for free online at livewiremarkets.com and you'll discover more exclusive investing articles, videos and podcasts.